my name is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Scandal, and this is Scandal Revealed, the official Scandal podcast for the television program Scandal and ABC at 10 o'clock on Thursday nights. And once again, this is official. This is not unofficial. I'm officially telling you this is official so you guys can feel legal and fabulous about listening to my officiality. And we are here today to discuss the episode that you guys just saw. We like to call it 317. It's called Flesh and Blood. And I have with me the most amazingly cool person ever in the history of coolness. Also, the funny thing about her is we've actually tried to use her in every single capacity at Shondaland we can. I think we've got a couple of capacities left that we haven't quite drained dry yet, but we're getting there. The amazing Debbie Allen, who is incredible and you know from playing an incredibly important role in Grey's, both as a director and as an actress, who directed this very episode, Flesh and Blood of Scandal. Thank you so much for doing this. Wow, Betsy, what a great introduction. Yay, yay, Debbie. And Debbie is wearing a fabulous black drapey, sort of sexy, it's got layers, her elbows are exposed (laughs) because she's fashion forward. And she's got this beautiful white cloth turban on, which is like wrapping her hair, but her hair is kind of cascading out from behind and it's phenomenal. Child, it pulls the face back. Is that what it does? (laughs) It does. I'm in a very tight ponytail to try to actually achieve the same effect, and it's just not happening for me the same way it is for Debbie. So I'm feeling like maybe you and I should talk later about the other things that I could be doing in terms of that, because nothing gets pulled back except the hair. And I'm, of course, wearing pajamas. I was going to go with the granny nightgown, but I decided on pajamas with pictures of puppies on them. So that's that's what I'm wearing today, because Debbie always makes me relaxed and happy and makes me want to curl up in front of a television and eat some cereal, because she's best. so great. This was the first episode of Scandal you directed. Yes, and I was so excited to do it, I can't tell you, because I am part of the oh, Gladiator yeah. Nation, totally. And I've seen every episode. You have. And so I was so thrilled when um, my agent called me and told me that I had been scheduled to come in and direct. I was just so excited. Okay, so one of my favorite Debbie Allen scandal stories is that last year we did the final table read for the Academy, which you guys all know because I think you've seen portions or read portions or, you know, we, we did this table read. It was staged and it was really, really fun. And we finished this table read and who comes running down the aisle <laughs> but Debbie Allen. And we're all like, oh my God, Debbie Allen's here. This is amazing. And you were beside yourself with glee and joy. And at that point, Sean and I looked at each other and we were both like, why the hell hasn't this woman directed an episode of Scandal yet? This is positively ridiculous. But that was so great because you showed up to that too. I was part of the gladiator nation that wanted you- to be there. The whole <laughs> cast was there. I wanted to be in that room. So I was just sitting there just like a, a regular pedestrian with everybody else. And, you know, people were noticing me and I was like, hush, quiet, it's all good. And it was fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, because I have such uh, an affinity to the show and the actors in the show, they're, they're wonderful. Wow, you have assimilated one of the greatest casts ever right? in television. Oh, my God. You know, I've loved Kerry Washington oh. forever. Forever. What's not to love, I boy. know, I know. And that Joe Morton played my brother on Broadway in the musical version of Raisin. He was Walter Lee. Really? Joe Morton has a voice that will blow the windows out of this building. He's got a voice like that. Okay, see, and the funny thing with us is we have this propensity to hire multi-talented, I think triple threats very Mm -hmm, often, because mm -hmm. there's something really comforting to know that, oh, I don't know, like, Debbie's here. She can direct, she can sing, she can dance, and she can act, (laughs) just in case we get into a bind, you know? (laughs) Or Joe Morton, he might need to sing. Oh, my God. You just never know. It was the great thing about having Audra McDonald on Private Practice, which was 
There was one episode we had Tay, we had Audrey, and we had Adina Mazel, and we were in this weird, geeky Broadway heaven where we kept thinking, why aren't we doing something with this? Like, shouldn't they at least hum? <laughs> Right? I mean, something? It's like ridiculous. Oh. But I did not know that you guys played in that. I mean, I knew about Raisin, but I didn't yeah. put it together. I was beneath. I was his little sister. We played in that show together for two years. Oh, my God. It was my first time doing a, a lead kind of part. Anyway, so I, I love Tony Goldman. Oh, my like, God. Kind of right? Oh, my God. I've seen every movie. And it was, for me, going on the set, I called him Mr. President every day. <laughs> I called Mr. President, and he was so sweet. He would come and hug me at the end of the day, and it just gave me a little goosebump. So this is the thing you guys have to know about Debbie, is Debbie is a traveling happy place. Like, Debbie comes to whatever you do, and there you cannot be in a bad mood, because Debbie, for somehow or another, just looks at everything. You always tell the truth, you always see it as it is, but you always see it as it is in the most optimistic and phenomenal way. So you can be having the worst day on any set, and Debbie shows up, and all of a sudden, things are just not that bad because somehow or another, you have this ability to transform the atmosphere into a dance party, no matter where you are. And when there's no dancing, there doesn't even need to be dancing. So we kept hearing, I sort of checking with people, how's it going? They're like, I don't know, I'm so happy. I'm like, it's the drug. It's that freaky Debbie drug that she puts in things. You know, one day I was staging the scene where they were all in the office yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like nine or ten people. And so I just do something I call broad strokes. I let them read the scene, then we block it. And I said, okay, let's just, let me just give you an idea of what I'm thinking. Okay, you'll come in here, you'll go there, you'll cross there. Then when you say this line, you'll go over here. Then by the time I finished, Carrie Washington was like, dancing, 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 and moving, moving, <laughs> going, 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 going. She said, I love it. It's choreography. It was great. But it all worked out. It was good. Well, and that's where actually that skill that you possess so mightily is terrific for ensemble shows because actually creating and thematically organizing a group of people so that they do feel like they're moving naturally yes. as opposed to everybody. What we always see in the Grey's Anatomy, and I know a lot of you guys who are listening probably, I hope, also watch Grey's Anatomy, but one of the things we always say is you try to avoid when you can the eight people standing by the bed. And at OPA, at Olivia Pope and Associates, it's the people standing on the conference room table with their arms, and you guys can't see me, but I'm leaning my arms down on an imaginary table right now, looking super intense. <laughs> yes. And what you definitely can bring is the appearance of natural movement with actual choreography, which is really interesting. Yeah, well, it's kind of how I started directing. I was a choreographer for many years, and I started directing as a byproduct of my choreography. And then the crew was like, yeah, let's keep Debbie in here. Let's let her stay in here. We like her. <laughs> they got out early. I always knew what walls were wild. I, always, I love directing. I really do. It shows, and I think you guys who are listening right now can certainly see the energy in this particular episode and how beautifully it flows. I mean, it just, mm -hmm. the episode just flows incredibly well. Okay, so the thing that I really want to ask you about directing this episode was, what was it like, because I'm obsessed with that Quinn Huck scene, oh. which is just crazy balls. What was it like directing that? Because that blew my <laughs> socks off, just blew my socks off. It was great directing it, especially since I had already been giving the, the idea that I could go as far as I wanted to go. And you did. It would be good. So <laughs> I, I figured out that we needed to have a different car, you know, something where they really could get up against it. The car she was driving was a little tall. So I just went and blocked it and just went like, you know, like you're going to go bang, bang, and then you're going to go, you know, dress, 
pantyhose, panty. She's, she's actively miming panties <laughs> coming off, you guys, and it's awesome. And then, you know, when we did it, I was telling Huck that he, don't flint. You know, when she slaps you, you like it. <laughs> and so the next day she slapped him and he like licked his lips. I said, that, that was the take, honey. We're done with that. We got that one. They're so wonderful together. The two of them are so wonderful together, Guillermo. Aren't they? Yeah. Oh, they just, really like each other. They really do. They really do. And they really trust each other. And they've been, what I think is so funny is when we started this whole journey, we would do this podcast. And we did one, I think, with the two of them. And the fans are really invested in Huckleberry Quinn. You know, which is what they call them. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. And we'd get these questions that were sort of like, do you think like, you'll ever be in a relationship? And they were both like, yeah, I don't really think so, blah, blah. And, and look where we are, you know, which is just so intensely amazing. The other train through this story that I love and is one of the great things about this episode is it's very dark, but it's also funny. There's a lot of humor in this episode woven through the amazingly emotionally crippling Olivia Jake, Olivia President, mm, what's going on mm. with Melly? I mean, and the fact that the paternity test, which is yes. such a heart-wrenching thing, Isn't starts it? with this little trampy high school student. Little Mackenzie. Little Mackenzie. Oh my gosh, she was great. <laughs> she was awesome. Oh God, she was Leo's equal all right? the way. She was letting him have it. Oh. I mean, and it was wonderful. This is what's great that, you know, people may not appreciate, but in television, we have all of maybe five minutes to acquaint new actors with already seasoned actors, block it, talk it out, and then create that combustion. And that's what happened. You know, it was just, it was, she was great. He is wonderful. Oh, oh my God, I love him. Isn't he the best? I know. I love him. I mean, I've got to say, the thing about Paul is as soon as like private practice went down and sadly had to end, you always just try to figure out a way to work with Paul again because he brings so much to the character. And I think we talked a little bit about this in a podcast I did with him, but as soon as he put the suit on, like as soon as you saw him on camera the first time, there was this crazy transformation where he just turned into this animal. And the first scene he did, he basically was taking Kate Burton to task the entire time. The whole time. He yelled at the president. He walked in and very smarmily just sort of told her what was what. That scene with Mackenzie is so funny because there's this look on his face like, how did this happen to me? How am, how am I getting the guff from essentially a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old girl? It's just so funny. And then moving into the tragedy of the whole thing, which is the jerry Melly relationship and the connection with Fitz, which is, I mean, so emotional. It's so emotional. It's so the depth that you all go to and then do things so simply, but they're always so complex. It's very Shakespearean because there's all the betrayals, there's this incestuous things that are convoluting the relationships. You know, the end of last season when she said, Dad. Yeah. I'm sorry, when she said, Dad. Yeah. Who knew? You know, see, this is this is why Chandelier has a right logo, the roller coaster, because, honey, we're going up, we're going down, we're going around. You don't want to get off, though. You don't want to get off that ride. Oh, no, and where do you guys see what's happening next week? Next week, oh, my God. that's like, wow. Wow. I mean, that scene with Joe Morton, I mean, he doesn't speak, but he says everything. Oh, absolutely. And also just the whole kind of idea of the Olivia Pope and Associates being soiled that way, you know, which is contaminated, just contaminated and every single thing that she was trying to protect against, just all the pins are falling. And I think Carrie does an amazing job in this episode because it's really the wheels are totally coming off the bus here. And oh my God. she has no control of anything. You think everything is now moving out in different directions. She does something which is unthinkable and has been doing stuff which is unthinkable that gets her father now hanging between life and death. 
and then her relationship with the president. That first beat in the very beginning, uh. when it's revealed that she slept with Jake, right there in front of the president, uh. right there with her, and she can't believe he's saying these things because even though there's been betrayal, there's still there's honor amongst thieves that uh, you, yeah, yeah. you don't go, you don't cross that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he totally crossed that line, so now it's all the way out there. Everyone is dirty. I mean, it's like everyone has pretty much gotten dirty. The funny thing is, the one person who sort of continuously pops up and both is funny, but also ends up being strangely moral compass, I think, is David Rosen. Because every single thing that happens, poor David Rosen's sort of like, really? Really? <laughs> so You're that, kidding. I loved the whole way that you all wrote that scene where they were uh, on lockdown in the office and <laughs> their responses. And he was so wonderful when he walked in that office and Jake is like alien sleeping in his office. And he's trying to get out before alien realizes there's prey. Oh my God. The writer's been doing an amazing job this season and I think actually, I, I just keep saying this because the season finale is it's just crazy balls. So it's wonderful. What I really enjoyed directing the show, I loved working with your DP, Oliver. Oliver, who's phenomenal. He's phenomenal and we really got along and then we would argue and get along. You know what I'm saying? We didn't always see it the same way we actually ended up on the ground together one time we had a little extra times I took him down I said he I love the steady cam he doesn't he says there's nothing steady about it <laughs> so, <laughs> so one day when he was you know doing location scouting yeah. for the next episode I had wash who turns yeah. into the DP when he has it so I got a long steady cam shot and I said <laughs> it was just a joy. The cameramen, they're looking so because they're so creative here. On, they are. And they're free to be creative, which is fantastic. Well, and I think I feel the same way, too, about George, who is our props. Oh, yeah, props, George amazing, runs that set Who also, by the way, does, I mean, they do the photo burst, which is those, yeah. those quick flashes with the clicking sound. Like a total shout-out to George, who's just bionic in his abilities to do crazy things and always gets ahead of whatever potential issue there is for the next episode and comes up with these amazingly creative suggestions that I just think are genius. I mean, and, yeah. and those guys, you know, the, the whole camera department, the props department, the production design, they don't get enough yeah. screech outs, I think, Yeah, on yeah this they show. deserve a lot because the crew is jamming down there. They are, and They're just jamming. so you guys know, like very often because our writers are amazingly talented and they love to fly by the seat of their pants, which is a nice way of saying very often we don't get the scripts until sort of the last minute. These guys, nobody blinks. Yeah, they don't blink. They just suit up, they get in that van, they start looking at locations, and they figure out ways. Corey, who's our amazing production designer, figures out ways to change a room at the last minute, and George figures out a way to stop the gap in terms of plot by something that he creates visually, and Oliver and his team are amazing. So it's, it's an incredible group of people, all of whom love to work together and genuinely really seem to have fun, which is yeah, really they, nice. They like each other, which is great. This is a little bit, this place is a little bit like Debbie Allen. It just makes you happy. It makes you happy. I was just really happy to be here, and, and with all the actors, every, every single one, Kate Burton, I went to see Kate her. Kate Burton! I just saw her play, too, because I was in Boston auditioning for this Brothers of the Night show that I'm doing in Boston a few cities, and she was doing The Seagull. She, I, she was fantastic. Oh, she's so amazing. Fantastic. So I just can't imagine what's going to happen next season, past next week. I mean, let's just get past <laughs> tonight to get to next week. Do you mind answering some questions from our Twitter fans? Uh, no. Awesome. Sure. Okay, so Jana at Jana Smith wants to know, is there anything you haven't done that you'd like to do? I would like to direct opera. 
That's something I've not done. I love the opera. It's where I started as a young dancer. I was in the corps de ballet of Aida. Houston Ballet, I was the only black kid there. I was the only one that didn't have to wear Egyptian 16. And I loved it <laughs> so much. Huge home court advantage, I think. <laughs> yeah, a little home court. Yeah. I think so. so. I've always wanted to do opera, and so I'm going to work on that in the next couple of years. Okay, you guys, so if there are any people who... I don't know, own opera companies out there in major metropolitan areas, please note, because that would be phenomenal. I would kill to see an opera that you directed, because that would just be... Well, you know, I've done Broadway. Yeah, I've totally. done forever and blah, blah, blah. But opera is like the grand diva of all. I mean, you know, try to make, take an opera that's the classic and translate it to modern times, like Faust. Yeah. That would be one that I would love to do. That's interesting, and that's mm -hmm. such a good idea. Okay, now Jana also wanted to know, do you remember working with Joe Morton and Candy Alexander on A Different World? Yes. Joe <laughs> Morton. Yes, Candy Alexander. First of all, Candy was a dancer. I mean, if you remember, she was an I can Tina Turner. She was one of she, the Iquettes. She explained this to me. I did we not know went, this. We go all the way back to the beginning of fame, and then on Different World. And Joe Morton, actually, he played a very pivotal part. He was going to marry... Whitley Gilbert, and then they broke up the wedding, and <laughs> Dwayne Wayne stood up. Oh no, yeah, I remember them totally. Yeah, we we. So known it's each like other. a like a reunion. It's a reunion, totally. In between takes, Candy and I were just talking, talking, talking about back in the day and advice that I had given her that I had even forgotten I had given her. And, and Joe and I were just reminiscing all the trouble we got into all those years on Raisin. I don't think we even talked about A Different World. We didn't get that far yet. Candy was kind enough to do a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Nazanin and it was so interesting because I learned so much stuff and she's got such an amazing heart. The woman is so multifaceted. She's just got incredible stories to tell and it was fascinating. It does feel like she's done everything. Lizzie at um, Liz Criola, who's great. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for constantly giving us really, really good questions. If you had to choose your most difficult 317 scene filmed, what would it be? Probably the scene, there's a big, big crane shot. Rowan is making them aware of mm -hmm. what they need to be doing. It's the first time he's talking to Olivia's associates. Yes. And then Olivia chooses her father over Jake. That was difficult just technically because there were so many people in yeah. that scene. And just how to do it gracefully. Definitely without a doubt. And I think emotionally that scene that you're describing with Jake and that Rowan scene where he cannot believe that he was not picked. Jake cannot believe he it. He cannot believe it. And I can believe it and I knew it was coming. So that scene and I think the other scene that was really not so difficult to shoot but it was just so intense was when they're in there with Dominic. And Rowan's got the gun to his head. Oh, yeah. Because there was so much going on in that little small room to capture it, mm -hmm. to keep it alive, you know, angle to get him clicking and right to carry her reaction and back to Huck searching right. and the phone and, you know, back and forth between the conversation with mm. Maya. Taylor at TV Taylor wants to know if you could be any character on Scandal, what would you be and why? I would be Maya Pope. There you go. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been fierce. I would be Maya who is still so complex and not, you know, the love, hate, what is the real relationship? There's something there, but it's always with an agenda. What does she believe in? See, this is why her character is so interesting and mysterious to me, because we still don't know that answer. What motivates mm -hmm. Maya Pope? Mm -hmm. I would be interested to play her just to swim those waters. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, and I agree with you. She and Rowan both. Rowan's agenda seems to be a sort of egotistical, massive belief that he's constantly proving to everybody that he's right 
and nobody else is as right as he is. But I also feel like there's a real complexity there because I don't, I do think that her daughter is the most important thing to, I mean, I think that was what the episode's about is her when Achilles heel potentially. And at the same point, I constantly look at Rowan and think, what's going on there? Crazy. Shani Woyi at DMH Love wants to know, how do you relax, relate, and release after a long day of work? <laughs> I like to cook. I'm a really good cook. Are you really? I am. You guys, I had no idea she was a really good cook. Now I'm going to have to invite myself over. <laughs> I make the best lemon cake. I make ginger, lobster. I make mm. really good fried chicken. I go home after a long day, and my husband's sitting there waiting for me to get there to put his dinner together. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very sobering, and it just makes me not get too special. That's genius. I was, we were talking about this earlier before we, we started talking to all of you guys, but... That's what the laundry is for me. Like the laundry, I do the laundry every weekend. My husband, who does all the cooking because I am hopeless with a spatula, he does all the cooking in the house. So my thing is, okay, I'll do the laundry. And it's great because I spend most of Saturday washing clothes and hanging them out the old-fashioned way, Mm -hmm. like drying them outside. They smell so much better They smell so much better and folding them badly. I'm a Mm -hmm. terrible folder. But... (laughs) He's very, very patient with that. And it's those things I think really actually weirdly relax you in this great way, which is terrific. Debbie, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it so much. And I know your fans all appreciate it because God knows we can't get enough of you. So it's nice that you were able to share a little piece of you with me today, which is great. And all these other folks who are listening. I love being here with you. Thanks for inviting me. So much fun. You know, to be continued. I know. Fashion your seatbelts, baby, because there's going to be a bumpy ride next week. Oh, it's just, um, and next time on Scandal, it's the season three finale, you guys. So you got to watch live and tell your friends to watch it too, because you don't want to wait to watch this. I mean, you really don't want to show up wherever you're going on Friday and have some guy ahead of you in line getting this coffee, blowing the entire thing for you, because you know the way this works. Come on. The episode is called The Price of Free and Fair Elections. I think we've been leading up to this moment for most most of the season. It's Thursday, April 17th. That's 10 to 11 on the ABC television network, as they like to tell me to say. And also don't forget, you can check out the wonderful Debbie Allen on a regular basis on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, hello. Which is on Thursday nights, nine o'clock ABC. And we are ramping up some pretty big stuff at this point on that television program. So please do not forget to check in on your favorite surgeons at work. And maybe your favorite mother of surgeons who (laughs) tend to have a lot of money who seem to be supporting hospitals right and left (laughs) and keeping Dr. Weber alive. God bless you for that. I love him. You just needed to do that. (laughs) Don't forget that you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. Our official hashtag is the incredibly original hashtag scandal. There's always Pinterest, Tumblr, and for the Luddites out there, abc.com. I am Betsy Beers. I will be back next week with Mr. Tony Goldwyn to talk about the season finale of Scandal. Have a safe and wonderful week. Take care. Bye-bye.